and I had a bad headache. So I send it, I said to my ex-husband message, I've got a bad headache. And he said, well, either ring the doctor or go and see the doctor. So about five minutes, my headache, it really hurts. I fell on the floor, I was unconscious. So the reception said, I think she'd had a stroke. So I don't know how long, probably five minutes or something. Four ambulance came in the back garden. They were knocking on the door. So I woke up, obviously the right hands were asleep, but my the key was in the door. The ambulance lady who rang my ex-husband and said, your wife's had a stroke. So obviously he came, he has a car, so he, he died really like 15 minutes. I don't know what happened because I was unconscious. And um, he sort of wake, shaked me and the uh, only thing I could do, I could smile and I was unconscious again. I didn't know I was in LGI, blue, blue lights. <laughs> so when I got to LGI, Jubilee Wing, I think it was, the doctor said to my ex-husband, she can't have an operation. I've got a blood clot on my left eye. So the doctor says, well, it won't be an operation, but we'll take the blood clot so I was there for four hours. I was in a coma for a day. Hello, it's Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. Today we'll hear from Deborah Fai. 14th of April, my ex-husband works so it's gone about seven o'clock so I was downstairs I was going to my friend having my hair done so I was had my breakfast in the kitchen sat in the desk I had a bad headache so I send it I said to my ex-husband message I've got a bad headache and he said well either ring the doctor or go and see the doctor. So about five minutes, my headache, it really hurts. So what should I ring the doctor? And then suddenly my brain says, ring 999. Why am I ringing 999? So somebody answered, that's when I had a stroke. I fell on the floor, I was unconscious. So the reception said, I think she's had a stroke. So I don't know how long, probably five minutes or something. Four ambulance came in the back garden. They were knocking on the door. So I woke up, obviously the right hands were asleep, but my the key was in the door. So I shuffled, opened the door, moved the key so they could get in. I was unconscious. The ambulance lady who rang my ex-husband and said, your wife's had a stroke. So obviously he came, 
he has a car, so he, he drives really like 15 minutes. I don't know what happened because I was unconscious. And um, he sort of wake, shaked me, and the uh, only thing I could do, I could smile, and I was unconscious again. So I didn't know I was in LGI, blue, blue lights. <laughs> so when I got to LGI, due blue wing, I think it was, the doctor said to my ex-husband, she can't have an operation. I've got a blood clot on my left eye. So the doctor says, well, it won't be an operation, but we'll take the blood clot. So I was there for four hours. I was in a coma for a day. That's when my mum came. Deborah was diagnosed with aphasia. I didn't know what was aphasia. I was in LGI three weeks and then I was in Chapel Alton for six months. So when I was in LGI, when I had a stroke, my granddad had a stroke as well. He was 80. He died three days, bless him. So I knew I had had a, a bad stroke. So when my mum came, I thought I was talking normal. I was talking rubbish. And my ex-husband said to me, you've had a bad stroke and aphasia. Aphasia, I couldn't, I couldn't even speak aphasia at that point, obviously. A couple of days, the nurse was saying something and I can't speak. You know what I mean? I thought, why can't I speak? This is aphasia, obviously. So my brain says, stop talking because you, I can't do it, obviously. My brain goes left and my mouth goes right. <laughs> so I could just like just words like thank you, like uh, tea or please, things like that. Just little words. So when I was in Chapel Alton for six months, I had to do things like wash my face. Oh my god, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> wash my body sort of thing and exercise. Five minutes, that's it, you know, because you, when you had a stroke, as you know, it's you're tired. So I had to go to do it in the computer. So I thought, oh, well, obviously at that point I couldn't walk. The right side was asleep. So I was in a wheelchair. So when I woke up, I was in a hoist, obviously. In Chapel Hill, I had to go to this room doing computer. I had to start again, like a child. Everything. Colours, sentences, money, everything like a child. So obviously it takes a long time. Even if you had a stroke, it takes a long time. But aphasia, it's not good at all. When the lady, Catherine, she said, like, choose, but I can't say, oh, yes, so-and-so, so-and-so. I say, like, pointed it, and if it's a right one, click if it's a wrong one, cross. So it had to do things like that. So six months I came home, I was downstairs. So another six months <laughs> so I could go upstairs. I'm in a, a Stanner lift, which is brilliant. I've got a toilet downstairs as well. So 2017, I did... Um, St Mary's Rehab, Rehab, I think it's called. So I did that 
for a year, like every three months, and then stop, and then another three months. So um, I did like exercise, walking, and that's when I met James, the manager. I met him, I think it was 2017, a lovely man. At that point, I was doing React with the lady, so I had to do that as well. So now, obviously, it's like seven and a half years, my brain and mouth have gone together so I can read a little. Obviously, I've got in my purse, I've got one of these... If I'm going somewhere and I can read it and it says, I have aphasia, so now I can read it, but before I couldn't, I have aphasia. I find it difficult to speak and follow conversations. I find it difficult to read or write. Please give me time. Speak to me clearly. Take your time. Write down the key points. Thank you. Your help and patience are appreciated. On the way, Deborah talks about her work with aphasia support. I go to Rothwell. I haven't got a car, so friends bring me to go to Rothwell group. We actually see each other, which is lovely. Some can talk every day keep getting better but some can't talk at all which is makes me so sad when they can't speak myself obviously i can write it takes a long time i watch tv if they say say something i can't hear what they're saying and i think to myself slow down and always giving it a go keep going If I could go somewhere, I'll help them, you know what I mean? If you've had a a bad stroke, it's not good. So I say just keep going, do exercising. Deborah spends a lot of time talking to other stroke survivors. Now with James, I help people if I can. I go to Wakefield every two months, meeting sort of thing, once a month. I do Zoom with James as a little group. And then two weeks, I go to Rothwell. I haven't got a car, so friends bring me to go to Rothwell group. We actually see each other, which is lovely. Some can talk every day, keep getting better. But some can't talk at all, which is makes me so sad when they can't speak. Myself, obviously, I can write. It takes a long time. I watch TV. If they say say something, I can't hear what they're saying. And I think to myself, slow down. It's so hard when they're talking fast. When I'm with James, I say, like, James, say it it again, please. Or can you do it again? Because if it's slower, I can listen, which is good. Yeah, sometimes it's very, very hard. Because when I was in Chapel Alton, when I came home, the physio said to me, every day you're getting better, going up, 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 you're getting better. But he said, one day 
you stop. You can't do anything. Which is exactly right. Today, um, I'm good today. Sometimes I'm even better. Obviously, I'm single. Hallelujah. <laughs> so that's why I can speak better. I'm a chatterbox and I'm a giggler. So that's why. And finally, here's Deborah's advice for stroke survivors. Keep going. <laughs> if I could go somewhere, I'll help them, you know what I mean? If you've had a, a bad stroke, it's not good. So I say just keep going, do exercising. Your brain, that's why your, your brain's got to work. If I do like um, crisscross puzzle book. <laughs> so at night time, I do things like that. After Deborah's stroke, her aphasia meant that she practically had to start her life all over again. After several years of hard work in rehab and with speech therapists, she's well on her way to making a significant recovery. Thanks again for listening to Stroke Stories. We hope you enjoyed what you heard. Please do rate and comment on the episodes you hear on your preferred podcast provider to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch via our DMs on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.